Hey, so welcome to the Prison Wallet. So uh, we're recording this at the very tail end of 2019, December 2019. So this will probably come out January 2020. But uh, it's a good time to talk about the decade. We're the Prison Wallets, by the way. I'm Keith. This is Ray. Right. And also in the spirit of the holidays, since yeah, we're recording in December, just I'll just mention that I drank a bunch of Kahlua. <laughs> so, a whole bunch. I think I can hold my Kahlua pretty well, but just, I don't know. We'll I, I do not drink. I am a teetotaler. So I think gotta, that's how you say that. You got to put up with your drunk co-host today. But, <laughs> but I don't know. I find like it's almost disappointing. Like I, I can't get really drunk. I think my metabolism is just too fast. It just like... It's because you piss every two minutes. You get the bladder of an infant. Yeah, I just feel bad instead of feeling... But not good. the penis. <laughs> so we were going to talk about um, now that the decade's done, it's a good time to look back. Look back upon... The decade that passed and uh movies that stood out to us but uh, i think my thoughts are probably less well developed and suckier so let's just start with me so we can get through like we'll go back and forth but just so we end on you because it'll yeah, be a stronger ending we'll, we'll mention some other things too i'll mention some releases as well that came out like on blu-ray or whatever and kind of just what was good in the 2010s yeah the end of the decade fucking wrap-up spectacular <laughs> yeah so that's what this is our super duper end of the decade spectacular blowjob podcast yeah and it's maybe uh, a little telling that uh like you were saying like you had stuff come straight to mind i when i think back over the last 10 years i feel like my memories of the 2000s were a lot clearer like the 2010 to 2019 i think i just fell off a little bit like i started going to movies less and catching up on movies less and like it's nice that this podcast is kind of bringing me back into the fold because off the top of my head i was like geez i don't really know what would be my faves so i just went on the wiki list of wikipedia horror movies of 2010 to 2019 right and then that jogged my mind of like oh yeah these are some shit i could talk about all right kick it off number one so number one this one is kind of a weird technicality because it sort of is the 2010s and sort of not because the remake came out in 2010 of let me in but the original was called Let the Right One In, and that was, I think, 2009. Like, it was really quick that they made the remake. Interesting. That's a good choice. That was a good movie. Yeah, it's one of those movies. I saw it in the theater with the... Because it must have been 2009 or 8, because that's when I was in, uh, in New York. I saw it in the theater with the chick I was dating at the time. And it didn't totally sink in at the time. But part of it is also, you know, it's just weird when you're dating somebody and you know it's not going to last that long because it's sort of not going that well. So that's sort of my memory of that movie is after we left, she's like, oh, that was great, right? What did you think? Blah, blah, blah. And I just remember not even, I'm like, I don't know. Let's not talk about it. I don't want to. <laughs> but then years later, it was actually when I was back in Toronto and I was staying out in Scarborough and in the winter in Canada, it just gets so dark so early, especially once the time changes. So most days, like by the time I got my shit together, the sun was on its way down. You know, like if I wake up at two or three in the afternoon, I get like this much sunlight and then it's just dark. So walking around in this pitch black darkness, I just started thinking of Let the Right One In, where I'm like, this feels like I'm in that movie. Because right. that movie, it's beautiful. It's like, I don't remember where it's from. Somewhere Scandinavian, you know, like Norway or something. Yeah, I think it's Swedish. Yeah, Swedish, that sounds like right. That. And so beautiful. Like, the remake is pretty good. It's not bad, but it really is the original that is, like, the best one. Because they just, just little weird changes in the American one that change the tone a little bit. Mm -hmm. Where the European one, it's, like, bleak. It's not fun. It's just, like, here's what it's like when there's no sun and it's cold and dark and European and you're a weird little boy <laughs> who has weird murdery tendencies. And then this 
fucking well and speaking of we were talking about in one of our well it'll come out later but our texas chainsaw massacre remake episode about hot people like in the american one it's uh chloe grace Moretz. yeah she moves in next door so it's like oh a hot vampire moved in next door where in the uh original not only is the girl not like feminine but that really plays into it because if you really look deep into that movie she's not a girl she was a little boy that got turned into a, a vampire way back whenever and got her dick cut off, got castrated, and is like a a weird... like It's like the, the shittiest transgender fucking surgery of all time. Shit, I didn't see the original, so I'm going to have to now. Yeah, there's like a little shot really quick where you see her stitched <clears> up <throat> crotch, but they don't really explain it. And I had to look it up, and it's in the novel, the original novel they get into it more that this is definitely a dude a lot of weird stuff going on in the Crazy. original and uh yeah it's weird because it's like it's kind of a downer it's not like a fun movie to watch like the first time i saw it i was like hey i don't know whatever i just great i went to the movies to feel bad that's great <laughs> but but then when it settles in and years later i was like oh yeah i guess that movie did kind of stick with me but even just for the visuals like beautiful movie and it's cool that the guy who wrote the book also directed the movie. I didn't know that either. Yeah, and like, just a talented dude. So he doesn't like the American remake at all, which you can understand. Like, if you've got that much control over something and then some American douchebag comes and douches it up, <laughs> you know, I can see why he's mad. But the American one is still good. But it's like the difference between, you know, a 7 out of 10 and an 8 out of 10 is just not as good. Right. But, yeah, so that one, technically not quite this decade, but almost. So that's the first one that comes to mind for me of notable movies. So it's like um, like a 2000, it's sort of like a slash, like let me in slash let the right one in sort of thing. Yeah, because really, yeah, it's really the original that really stuck with me, but I still didn't hate the remake, and that's how I'm getting it on this list. Is that <laughs> The remake came out in 2010, so <clears throat> just made it. Okay, I'm going to go with, uh, my first one it's really hard to kind of pick of the three which one I, I want to do first so I'm just going to go with uh, Sinister right Sinister. and actually that you know what that was my next one so <laughs> that'll be a co we're both co-signing on that one so we're co-signing that one that one's a good one uh, that one was uh, directed by Scott Derrickson who also did uh, Doctor Strange really well done movie really creepy really scary like it's actually an effective horror movie hit all the right notes for me, did everything very creepily. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a very creepy movie. Could have used the absence of the stupid jump scare at the end, which, I mean, it really served no purpose. Like, I didn't find it shocking at all. Yeah, well, I mean, it got me, but I, I think I told the story in our sinister <laughs> yeah. commentary that, yeah, I was, like, just sitting in the middle of the night in a field watching it on my phone and it got me good <laughs> but that was just a scary scenario anyway yeah. the whole cast is good ethan hawk what did i call that chick uh cunt something or other mom, cunt mouth it? bitch face cunt mouth bitch face was what i called it yeah she was effective because i think i don't think you were supposed to like her but i definitely didn't like her yeah if anything that might be my one thing that i yeah it's like a little off is that she just was so <laughs> so annoying <laughs> yeah um but yeah uh james james ransone ramsone i don't know how to say his last name uh who was also in uh it chapter two uh as detective so-and-so he was he was also really good i liked him a lot 
a good movie overall. And yeah, there's really no area where it didn't do a good job. Like the the lore of discovering how the creature works was really cool. The music, like I love it because it's it serves its purpose as a horror movie score, but it isn't normal music, so it just keeps you off guard. Mm-hmm. Like how how we were saying, like even scary music in a horror movie because we've heard it so many times it almost can lull you into it's almost like you get a sense of security from this music that's supposed to be putting you on edge and sinister did again because the music was so weird Mm -hmm. and it's not what you expect from that kind of movie so do you want to try and come up with uh, another one or do you want me to just throw an extra one in there yeah maybe we should do that because yeah well with sinister one last thing i wanted to say too I mean, obviously it did well and it's pretty famous, but I'm almost surprised it's not more famous because, like, looking down the list, there's those big standouts of, like, the really famous horror movies from this decade. Like, in particular, Get Out. I mean, Get Out was a huge phenomenon. Everybody loved it. And I liked it. I saw Get Out. It's not bad, but it's not as good as Sinister, you know? (laughs) Like, it's a little weird to me that Sinister didn't, I don't know, just didn't have more mainstream, that it didn't break through more. Yeah. Or, I don't know, A Quiet Place. So there's, like, these movies that everybody's talking about. And Sinister was not one of those movies. And I feel like yeah, it should have been. I, I agree. I think it should definitely be a lot more well-known. Even, like, The Babadook. Like, yeah, just these movies that everyone. And The Babadook is so bad. I never saw it, but... <laughs> but... It would get that dog shit rating. We would never review that movie. <laughs> right. Hey, who knows? Maybe I like it, but but I never saw it. But, yeah, so you want to just go on, then, to a ne- the next one? Sure, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to throw one in there that wasn't originally in there. I'm going to go with uh, The Conjuring. Yeah, no, that's actually, uh, again, I've got it. I've got it on my computer all set to go, and I've been meaning to watch it, but I haven't watched it yet. Really good, really effective movie. Great cast. You've got Vera Farmiga. You've got really good movie, very, very atmospheric and creepy. Has a lot of good sort of suspenseful moments. Like, I think you'll really like it. Um, yeah, well, it's so good because I haven't caught up on all these things. It starts to get a little tough to keep track of, you know, there's Sinister, there's Insidious, there's The Purge, there's The Conjuring, there's right. The Witch. But of all of these, like The Conjuring's the one, that the reason it's on my computer ready to go is it's the one that just comes up more. Like, I do hear people talk about it quite a lot. So It is very good. Uh, very good movie. So that's, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say a lot about it. You should really watch it. Right. And that's that. Nice. So, uh, yeah, my next one, I'm pretty sure you haven't seen, so uh, that we won't have a crossover here, but it's Cabin in the Woods, old Joss Whedon, who, of course, he's, uh, I mean, Joss Whedon's just my favorite. Mm -hmm. He's like my favorite guy who's not dead for writing. It is basically, it starts off a little a little contrived where it's, you know, it's, it's trying to do a scream type thing where it's like, okay, we've all seen these cabin in the woods movies. So let's acknowledge that we've all seen them and move on from there. So just these kids go to this cabin in the woods. The part that's a little weird is at the start, instead of them just being the teen archetypes that they're, you know, are in all these movies, they try to make them that like they like put gas in the cabin to make like people act extra stupid so you can get the dumb blonde bimbo and they just do weird things. That that part's a little weird for me. It's like one step too far of trying to meta work a horror movie. But once it gets past that, the next stage is, I'm going to spoil a little, but... It doesn't matter. I've started the movie several times. Yeah, well, you should really keep going because it gets crazy. Um, it's basically that all there's all these like Cthulhu crazy under the world demons are real. And the only way to keep them from rising up and destroying the world is to do these rituals where you sacrifice certain types of people, these archetypal people. And that's where horror movies came from, 
is that our horror movies are just based on these actual things that people have been doing throughout history to keep the demons at bay, basically. So it's like just such a cool way to explain horror movies. And, and each country is different. Like ours is Cabin in the Woods and here's a jock and here's the fucking whatever. But in Japan, it's all that ring type shit in Juon and whatever. Like the rituals they have to do are culturally different and that's why their horror movies are different. So it's like there's basically this whole government agency watching this cabin and they're making it happen. It's like we need to make this sacrifice work. We have to basically make the evil dead happen and if we don't, the world's going to be destroyed. And <laughs> it's like such a weird thing cuz it it ties together like as it keeps getting deeper and you realize yeah about like the Japanese side and the Mexican horror movies and stuff. It ties together every horror movie and it's like man joss whedon's a smart dude that's fucking awesome <laughs> i'll have to i'll have to give it another shot yeah i mean yeah like it's you really can't you gotta you gotta keep going you know like whatever you think it is at the start it's not that <laughs> you know like it just becomes so different by the end that yeah it's it's awesome it's so good but i mean he's always awesome when has he never been awesome you know Okay, well... Um, oh, wait, there is one time he wasn't awesome. Joss Whedon wrote Titan A.E., and that movie's not awesome. Uh, but that's the only... Whatever, some weird kid's cartoon. Fuck it. <laughs> so then my next one, I'm going to go with the Evil Dead remake. Right. Because awesome movie. Yeah. Very well done. Uh, the absence of uh, Bruce Campbell did not hurt the movie. Um, if anything, it actually probably helped it a little bit because it it was not... Uh, a parody uh, or spoof type movie there was no real comedy to it it was just straight up i'm gonna kick your face in and then saw it off like it was so good yeah i think that ties into cabin in the woods that that's like the greatest compliment i could give the evil dead remake is is after cabin in the woods it feels like there's no reason to do any more cabin in the woods movies it's like it's like with scream like how scream closed the book on mm-hmm. this teen slasher cabin in the woods is like what else can you do? Like, we just deconstructed the whole thing. But because the Evil Dead remake is so good, it's like, oh, yeah, there is still life in that corpse. There is still blood in those veins. You can still do it. You just have to be insane. And they they were insane. <laughs> uh, Jane Levy, uh, the, the lead for the movie, uh, was really great. All the supporting characters, really great. The blood and gore was amped up to 11. Like, it was just... All in all, uh, it was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, that's one thing I love about it, that it's really not the same as, as Reanimator, but it reminds me of Reanimator in, the, in the, the, the feeling of momentum. Like how one of the big problems with just horror movies in general is just due to the nature of them, there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of like building suspense or setting up the scene. There's a lot of just, let's just, you know... There's a lot of times you could go to the bathroom and you wouldn't miss anything. Right. But then you get those movies like Reanimator or like Evil Dead remake where it's like... You're glued. Yeah, pedal to the metal. And it's like, just don't look away because something crazy is going to happen like every time you try to leave. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's it's so visceral and disgusting. Like, it's just such a good movie. Yeah. And like right from minute one, you know, it's like minute one, you've got the opening scene where the girl is being stalked and... Then you see her tied in the basement, and she's a demon being lit on fire. And then there's a little lull. and But the thing is, once that lull starts going uphill, it's like almost like watching a roller coaster. like Because it gets to that peak, and then shit goes fucking down fast. Like, yeah. Just hard. 
I really do think, yeah, like it and Cabin in the Woods, for obvious reasons, because they're both about the cabin in the woods, they are like the two sides of the coin, where Cabin in the Woods is like, how can we be clever about this? And Evil Dead remake is like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> like, let's just, how can we be direct about this? Yeah. How can we be the opposite? So that's my, that's my next pick. Cool. But I'm going to throw in Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Cool. Yeah, we did just watch that one, too. Again, it'll come out later on this uh, this little feed. But, yeah, we watched that recently, and I, for, I, like, I knew I liked it a lot. But watching it again, I'm like, oh, yeah, this really is good. I don't need to say anything about the movie. Like, you just got to watch it. It's so fucking good. Man, this feels like the decade of Cabin in the Woods, because it's yet another oh, slant yeah. on the Cabin in the Woods. And, like, they just, there's really a lot of, there's a lot of fucking meat on those bones. Okay, well, um, just as a end of the year, end of the decade sort of deal, uh, I'm also going to mention some great movies that came out on Blu-ray. Yeah, fuck uh, it. Let's celebrate the fucking, <laughs> celebrate the 2010s. I'm going to list my three favorite box sets, and then I'm going to list my three favorite individual movies that came out on Blu-ray. Cool. So the first individual box set is... The uh, Universal Monsters Complete Collection, I guess. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Universal Monster, Classic Monsters. It's just this great big, it's got like fucking 30 movies in it. Like Dracula, The Wolfman, like all these old black and white movies. It's an amazing set. Uh, The next one I want to bring up would be the uh, Friday the 13th box set. The Complete Collection, though. Not the crappy eight-movie set that you can get for like 30 bucks. This one's got all 12 movies. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, it's out nice. of print. It's hard to find. It's so good. And the last one I want to mention is the Hellraiser, the first three movies. It's called The Scarlet Box. It's so well done. There's a book. There's a poster. There's uh, a DVD of like supplemental crap that no one's no one had seen before. Uh, the three movies, like, it's just, it's a loaded set. And it's a unique box set, too, and how it's shaped and how it opens. Uh, and the last one I want to bring up would probably be the Herschel Gordon Lewis Feast. Uh, it's shaped like a box of cereal, so it doesn't even fit on my shelf. It's over there. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, it's got 14 movies. This guy was, like, innovative for horror in that he was considered, like, the wizard of gore. He, like, he was, like, the king of splatter. Like, he really originated disgusting stuff in movies. It's when they really started becoming more explicit. So those are my box sets that I wanted to bring up. And for individual movies... I can't not start off this list without mentioning uh, the recent American Werewolf in London that came out by Arrow Video. Oh, that's the one with the, uh, I've got an unboxing on our YouTube page. That's right, there is an unboxing. Uh, I also wanted to mention the really amazing Creep Show set that came out by Scream Factory. That was really well done as well. I don't. There wasn't a poster or anything special like that, and or or was there? There might be. I don't fucking know. I haven't really watched it since I got it. It's it's good though. It's a good nice set. And the last one I want to talk about would be Reanimator that was put out by Arrow Video because it's just such a great release. Like I I love that movie so fucking much. Yeah, I mean even if you just had the shittiest ever release of reanimator it would still be awesome <laughs> so. like i had the one before it and i mean the picture is better on the arrow video the sound is better and there's more special features but even if the one before it only had actually i have the one before it it's down there 
it doesn't have much in the way of special features. The picture is still pretty good, though. So, I mean, no matter what version you get on Blu-ray, you're getting a good version. Man, do you remember when DVD was first still kind of new? I'm thinking of, like, 2004, 2005, when you could just go to, like, dollar stores and stuff, and they would just be whatever piece of shit public domain movies on dvd for like a dollar 99 each no <laughs> oh yeah they were maybe it was just a vancouver thing but i remember i just would see them all over the place and i would just like hey whatever it's a dollar 99 let's buy it but it would always be just like teenagers from outer space just a shit you know and i'm like okay i gotta stop like there's no reason to buy these but yeah they're all i found out later public domain movies and like that's why there's a there's a couple of movies coming out this year that i'm looking forward to uh, on Blu-ray, um, Scream Factory is releasing the first Monsters movie, uh, Monsters Monster Go Home. I don't really remember it that well, but I have to buy it. Like I can't not buy this because it's the first time the Monsters are going to be on Blu-ray, and I love the Monsters. And of course, I think it's early in this upcoming year as well. My Bloody Valentine, uh, that's finally being released uncut. Yeah, that's so. another one on my list that I've been meaning to watch so hey maybe it's good that i waited till i can get the uh, mm-hmm. the full experience yeah i mean by the time you come back you know i'll have it and then we can kind of watch it and maybe maybe review it depending and i don't really think there's anything else that's coming out that i can think of off the top of my head that i'm looking forward to but uh the movies i mentioned oh and i have to give an honorable mention though Crystal Lake Memories, the complete history of Friday the 13th. Yeah. Seven and a half hour long documentary. On Blu-ray, it's great because you can watch the segment for each movie individually if you want. So if you want to just pick up and watch something about part two or part six or whatever, you can do that in the menu. So you don't have to sit and watch seven and a half hours to get to what you're looking to get to yeah i remember i found that like an insanely easy watch like i couldn't believe like how fast i got through it because yeah it's just just fucking interesting you know it's so good and there's another one too for that i don't have uh called um never sleep again and it's the same made by the same people and it's about nightmare on elm street nice and there's leviathan that one's about hellraiser sweet yeah so yeah because a lot of times too like the the behind the scenes stuff to me can be the more interesting part like a lot of these things i liked kind of better when i was a kid like as an adult sometimes it's like hard to it's like okay well these movies aren't necessarily all that great but when you look at the totality of really any franchise that's run for 10 movies you know like it's just it's bound to be interesting even just to hear like with the uh the crystal lake memories one what was the dude's name who uh frank mancuso Oh, Frank Mancuso Jr.? Yeah, who was like the producer of most of them. And I loved hearing his side of it because there's always a money reason for like why these choices got made. And uh, that's interesting to me because, yeah, it's like, yeah, the artistic side is nice. But at the end of the day, if these movies don't make money, that's, well, they eventually didn't. And that's why they stopped making them. (laughs) So like that part is interesting to hear. I mean, it really is. uh, Crystal Lake Memories really does. Honestly, it covers every base you can even think of. Yeah, and, like, it's easy to take for granted in hindsight. Like, oh, it's just the 80s. Like, a a Friday the 13th movie came out every year, almost. But but that didn't just happen. Like, you got to make that happen. You got to kick ass like seven six seven times in a row for that to happen and i loved hearing about the behind the scenes stuff too like uh 
the chick that played Pam in part five, the blonde girl who was running the crazy house uh, with her boyfriend or whatever, I guess she was insanely hard to deal with. Like, she was a real fucking drama queen bitch. And even that, it's it's interesting to try to psychoanalyze people a little where she was obviously pretty hot back in those days, but even in this interview now, where she's much older, but she's got, like, a lot of surgery and stuff, and she's, like, one of those, like, still pretty hot older women. And you're (laughs) like, oh, that's definitely the type of person she is. Like, she's... I can see why she was hard to deal with. Like, she's obviously a little bit of... She's like, uh... What was the daughter from Fresh Prince? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember her name, but you know, that type of person of just like a, I'm the princess, you know? Everyone do what I fuck, say. What the fuck was her name? That'll drive me nuts. I'll think of it later. Carl Tenet? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, it was good as well, you know, hearing that uh, the guy who played Jason in part four, Ted White, didn't really care for Corey Feldman too much, and he gave him a hard time on purpose, and... <laughs> You know, stuff like that. It was all really great. Yeah, and I also liked hearing about where the line had to get drawn as far as uh, gore and special effects, because almost every one of those movies, they had to pull back on it. You know, like, it would have been worse. And that's just interesting, too, of, like, what were the sort of standards of the time? that What could you get away with? Right, because, I mean, you think of some of them, like, Part 5. I mean, we we did a whole commentary on Part 5, and so we talked all through it and talked about it but that movie had the most blood it had the most nudity it had the most everything for a friday the 13th movie people still hate it and even internally when they're talking about it they're like yeah there was a little worry that because it was the guy who directed it was kind of like his his previous movies were way more like softcore porny type shit and they were like, yeah, it's, is it too sleazy? And it's just funny to hear like the producers of Friday the 13th movies worrying that their movie's too sleazy. <laughs> well, and the amount of violence in that movie, can you imagine? They actually had someone going like, yeah, we had to make some cuts. Like, what the fuck did they cut? Yeah. Because <laughs> that movie's so violent. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, so uh, that is our end of decade episode. That'll this will be coming out sometime in January. So yeah, I guess cheers to uh, cheers to the 2010s. You're fucking done. But yeah, I guess uh, I don't know. It's weird too because uh, I do feel like, especially just looking at that list of movies that came out in the last 10 years, like I'm gonna be catching up well into the 2020s. Like that's, <laughs> but in a way, that's kind of not a bad way to go. Like, uh, I was saying this to you earlier about video games. Like, it's nice to catch up every few years because you just play the highlights. You don't play all the shit. And it's kind of like that with movies, too. Like, it's kind of better for me because I'm a little more casual to just go back five or ten years and watch the ones that still people still talk about instead of just watching all the shit as it comes out. Because well, I, would, I would just get burned out if I did that. And with this podcast, too, I mean, we have we have sort of a fine line to walk because... I mean, a lot of the movies that I like to try and do are not covered by other podcasts because they're a little bit more obscure. Uh, But we also want people to be looking for them so that they can listen to our fucking podcast. So, you know, know, it's it's a fine line. Sometimes you got to do a bunch of stuff that people already know so that they'll possibly listen to the one that they don't know yeah the eternal struggle it is weird too like as far as keeping up with everything the one genre where i did that was zombies like i just loved zombie shit like just basically because of the original dawn of the dead and there was a real dead period where there was just nothing it was brutal i was like renting old italian zombie movies and they're fucking terrible and all this weird shit and then 
28 Days Later and the Dawn of the Dead remake kicked off this whole new zombie wave. But then it got to be too much. You know? Yeah, I'm burned out on zombies. Yeah, like I watched the fucking Day of the Dead remake with Mina Suvari. Nobody watched that. And it's fucking shitty. <laughs> you know, like. So you're that guy? <laughs> I didn't finish it, though. But I mean, I did rent it. It's my fault they make things like that. And uh, yeah, like it's tough to keep up with everything as it's going. And then by the time The Walking Dead show started, I started watching it. And I'm just like, I just, I can't do it anymore. Too much. Like, they killed my love of zombies, <laughs> which is just sad. Like, sometimes it's better to take a step back and to just not be so involved. Yeah, like, there's, what, two planned uh, spinoffs for Walking Dead? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a different story, but TV in general is just, it's such a disaster of just, like, it's never going to be satisfying, you know? <laughs> like, when people complain about how a TV show ended, it's like, yeah, well, no shit. When has a TV show ever ended good? It's it's going to just be a waste of time. <laughs> you just got to accept it. I don't know. For me, zombie movies, uh, like, just movies alone, uh, I mean, no one did it better than Romero did at the beginning. Like, you know, Night of the Living Dead, uh, Dawn of the Dead, even Day of the Dead to an extent, although I'm not a huge fan of it. Yeah, me too. Um and Return of the Living Dead. Like, those are the best zombie movies. Yeah, well, and even I'd say as far as quality of original and remake, Dawn of the Dead is tough to beat, where, like, both Absolutely. of them are so good. Like, that's a that's a one-two punch where it's like, I, I do still prefer the original, but it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, the remake is actually really good. Like, Zack Snyder knocked that shit out of the park. Yeah, man, he's a sad story. I used to love Zack Snyder. I mean, between Dawn of the Dead... 300 watchmen the guy never fucked up i loved all his movies and now i hate all his movies <laughs> but, uh, oh well that's not true you're wearing wonder wonder man wonder woman underwear yeah. i mean he did hire ben affleck who turned out to be a pretty good batman so he's still the best batman sometimes he pulls things off yeah i mean i don't know we never did do our ranking the batmans i still think my favorite batman is just the cartoon kevin conroy he's my favorite batman but but that's a little bit of a weird one. It's not like yeah, a live I mean, action. I consider that sort of separate, but I would agree that Kevin Conroy definitely is is a great Batman. Really? Because I think he did. <laughs> We're talking about Batman now, but hey, fuck it. Why not? Um, just his balance between being Bruce Wayne and Batman is why I like him the best. Like nobody else hit both so well. I don't know. I think I think Affleck did a really great job. Well, I do like Affleck, but but he's always going to be Ben Affleck. Like that's the only problem when uh, his Bruce Wayne is just Ben Affleck. <laughs> you know. And that's... So I mean, I'm I'm obviously a Batman fan. I've got some Batman shit up there. I actually have the whole animated series uh, with Kevin Conroy, of course. Right. And I've got the um, Adam West complete series as well from the 60s because like as far as like that's i think in a weird way i think it is the it's the bruce wayne part that's harder to pull off than the batman part because that's also my problem with like michael keaton he's a great batman but his bruce wayne is just michael keaton <laughs> you know i just can't get over it i'm like you're not you're not batman you're fucking michael keaton <laughs> and it's a little george clooney was a great bruce wayne but not a good batman yeah. at all yeah, he was a good bruce wayne he was a really good bruce wayne but yeah, terrible Batman. Val Kilmer kind of sucked at both. I'd have to watch that one again, because I have a lot of love for Val Kilmer, but I just don't remember his performance in that movie. That's it's not great. Yeah, that's probably the the one I've seen the least, of just like the forgotten fucking Batman. But I think I think Affleck really did both very well. Yeah, well, I remember it was interesting with, Bat with Affleck because everybody 
was so pissed when they announced it. And I got to admit, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a bad idea. But he's actually the best part of that whole movie. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, Affleck. Yeah, yeah well, you saw, you saw ahead of the curve. Because, yeah, I was surprised, but... So anyway, uh, yeah. There's the Batman minute, and uh, <laughs> and that officially brings 2019 to a close. Yeah, so I guess that's it, the end of the decade episode. Join us next time for, hmm, I don't know what episode's up next, but that's why you should subscribe to our YouTube channel or podcast feed. Right. See what we talk about next. I think The Babysitter is actually next, so. Yeah, I love The Babysitter. Okay, so like, subscribe, rate, review. We're on Apple Podcasts. We are on YouTube. You can also find us at uh, keithcourge.com backslash prison or just go to keithcourage.com for all sorts of awesome podcasts and even a book. There's a fucking book, a free fucking book. I wrote a whole book. How do you like that? Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at podcast prison. You can find us on Instagram at prison underscore wallets underscore pod. You can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at borahero 77 and I am Keith McNally on Twitter. So, yeah. Um, rape a baby kangaroo. That's what we always say. <laughs>